Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. All right. Those, those are the kindest words I think anyone's ever said, man. Thanks. I'm already, no, I'm not even going to say that. That was, hey, it's so good to be here. So good to not see anyone's faces. Can't see, I don't know if you're angry, if you're happy, but I hope you're all happy. You're going to get so happy in a second. Um, Oh, that's better. So good. Um, Well, Taff and I, it's our honor to be here. The boys, um, we have been blessed just by you guys as a family. Your leadership team are the bomb, like the greatest, greatest people. Um, Seriously, some are, we know a lot of church leaders around the world, but what God is doing here uh, is very, very special. Very, very special. There are there, are, there is a move of God at the moment uh, globally towards discipleship, like really. Like there are big churches, small churches all around our Bethel Leaders Network, network, and they are, the Lord's speaking to everyone, let's make some real disciples. Like let's really make people that disciple people. And it's so amazing that your leaders, you guys are already well on the way dreaming and praying with the Lord. What does that look like for us as a family? So get ready. You're about to step into something that you didn't even know was possible. You're about to become a person that you didn't even know uh, you were because that's how God is. God doesn't come to you and go, oh, your father did that. Your mother did that. Oh, you'll just do this and that. No, the Bible says he comes and he hovers over people. He hovers over chaos. He hovers over brokenness. He hovers over average. And he actually speaks eternal truths. He speaks things. And the Bible says righteousness goes for a thousand generations. It says that sin only goes for three. And so you are in trouble. You've got the righteous one not only inside of you, but he's hovering over you to change you this morning. So my prayer is that none of us leave this place the same. i got other things I could be doing. You do too, but the Spirit of God is here, um, and He wants to create something new. I want to just, um, where's our tech team? Where's the tech team? Is it Phil? Is that our tech team? The guys did such a good job. Phil did such a good job at getting a promo video. We've got a medical conference coming up in September up at Bethel, uh, which we're really excited about. So we've got a video. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but I wanted to show it to you in case you know anyone that's in the medical world. Oh, we've got no audio. All right, we might just stop it. Everyone's getting the gist, I think. Uh, off. <laughs> Medical people save lives, save heartbeats. In the middle of the surgery, I suddenly became so aware the Holy Spirit was telling me precisely where to cut. 
the wound that I was seeing as I was moving the tissue was shrinking. In a single moment, heaven's reality becomes an innovative solution. We were able to label the different types of cancer. The introduction of this technology changed the diagnostic course of not only the United States, but of the world. Join us for this year's Medical Healing Conference in Redding, California, September 26th through 28th for a powerful impartation of wisdom and innovation from our very own Chris Vallotton. Joined by Dr. Jennifer Kang and Dr. David Tasha, founder of BioCare Medical. Register now. Go to Bethel.com forward slash events. How good is God? You know, I think, I think the thing that I love, Taff and I moved to Redding, California 10 years ago now, didn't we, babe? Um, the Lord spoke to us 14 times over 18 months. Move to America, move to America, move to America, move to America, move to America etc. And we were just like, oh, I think he wants us to go, but I think we should do it. And, um, but the cool thing was we've, we've become a part of a family uh, where every believer is, be, is being called to be the greatest version of themselves. Every believer, whether they're in business, whether they're a mom, whether they're... Um, a creative painter, whether they're a, a computer programmer, everyone is designed by God, given those gifts by God, to bring heaven to earth in that sphere. And it's cool seeing what God's doing in the medical realm. That guy, Dr. David Tarcher, is a, he's, he's done the equivalent of 12 PhDs. That's how smart that guy is. But the, but the brilliance came on him when he actually began to realize God wanted to invade medicine like heaven wanted to invade medicine. Do you know heaven has solutions for cancer? And God doesn't think that our training in, in business or science or whatever is bad. He just wants to upgrade it with revelation. And so he would ask God questions at night and God would answer them in the morning. He would literally, and one night he told me, he said, Dave, I went to bed and I said, God, how do we diagnose cancer? We are so clunky at diagnosing cancer. How do we, how do we improve our diagnosis? We're like two-dimensional and we need to get to four-dimensional God. And, and he woke up in the morning and the Lord woke him up with this question. He said, David, have you ever seen an ugly sunrise? And he's like, what? He's thinking, he's thinking, no, God, I've never seen an ugly sunrise. He said, what about an ugly sunset, David. Have you ever seen an ugly sunset? What about the animals, David? Have you ever seen them where the colors don't match, where the colors are like, oh, that shouldn't, blue and black should never be seen together. All those colors that I wear all the time, my wife says, don't wear that. Um, and he goes, no, God, I've never, I've never seen that. And then immediately the Lord drops down this, this idea to use colors to diagnose cancer, and it's going to revolutionize the whole world in how we diagnose cancer. Just from, a, just from asking God an idea, you can do that. You can do that. You, you know, the other lady, Dr. Jennifer Kang, she's, she's in um, uh, whatever it is. What's, what do they call it here where they give OBGYN and she, whatever, is that right? Oh. Ugh, baby's coming out. All the dads are with me. It just comes out. And um, 
the she actually is starting to get ideas from God how to the medical her medical industry the the governmental piece the political piece is broken and the and the 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 ideas and the thoughts that actually govern that are completely just just eroding the best healthcare for babies so she's getting ideas and transforming that whole industry just from getting downloads from God and the cool thing is God's shown up in a surgery that what that testimony there she was actually doing surgery and pulling out flesh from a flesh eating um yeah thing virus whatever and you could actually see the flesh getting eaten so she's cutting it out and actually she's placing it on a scale and as she's placing the dead flesh over here sorry for the grossness this morning she she the the wound starts closing up before her eyes and god actually fills it in with new flesh like and it's not lottery like the kingdom of god is not lottery the the more i go into this people i feel like there's this thing of oh that's good for dr david tartra it's good for dr jennifer kang no it's for those that want it it's for those that are hungry jesus said if you hunger and thirst you will be filled you will be filled. You're, you're an empty vessel. You're either going to fill yourself with television. You're either going to fill yourself with, with whatever's on Instagram, or you're going to fill yourself with the living water of God, and you're going to become the best version of yourself. The best version of yourself. I never wanted to public speak. I never, ever. I don't actually think it was, you know, it was not something that I woke up one day and go, oh, I just want to preach. But the father had different plans for Dave Harvey. The father. And I've got no say in it. Really, if I want everything that God wants for me, I don't have zero say. The Bible says I was crucified with Christ. I was buried with Christ. And then the best version of me was raised up and seated in heavenly places. So it's not about, you know, I had people come to me this is one of my favorite stories. A girl came to me, a young girl, sort of skipping down the hallways at Bethel. And she, she was a tall European girl. And she's like, oh, excuse me, I've got a word for you from the Lord. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah, what is it? And she goes, you're going to write books. I saw you writing on the world. And you're going to write and you're going to write around the world. And I laughed inside. I'm like, oh, that's a good try. That's a good try. I, I'm bored with reading. I cannot stand reading. I, I did not want to write. I wrote enough at university. I'm just, and, and it was this thing where just one word from God started this movement around Dave Harvey. Even though I even got that word and I put it on the mystery shelf and went, ah, that could never happen. Six months later, we're at BSSM2, uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and there's a leader up there, a famous leader, and he's like, we're looking for writers. We need writers. Anyone here, anyone a writer? We, we, need, we need to employ writers. And my buddy, who's a quiet Australian medical doctor, <laughs> elbows me and yells out. I'd never heard him yell out before that or since. He was quite a polished, quiet Australian. And he was like, Dave's a writer. Dave's a writer. And I'm looking at him going, what the heck is wrong with Mike? I'm like, no, I'm not. Shut up. Put your hand down. <laughs> anyway, the famous person's um, PA comes over. Oh, Dave, don't worry. You don't need to apply. I'll just put you straight into the program. So she gets me in. I'm like, great. I'm writing. I don't want to write, Lord. And then 
And then it was like, it was the funniest thing. And then two weeks into writing, my writing must have been okay because this famous person said, hey, I want you to come over and I want you to ghostwrite for me. Now, honestly, I know you all know what ghostwriting is. I had zero idea what ghostwriting was. I thought it was one of those weird Bethel things, you know, like spiritual <laughs> writing with something. <laughs> and this day, like to this day, so I got to ghostwrite a book and then that went around the world. And then the Lord says, make testimony books. You've got to start to celebrate what I'm doing, build memory stones of what I'm doing so that future generations can point and go, God's good. God can do that with me. God can, I'm a business person. He can use me supernaturally just like that business person. We're about to have a medical testimony book come out at this conference, which I'm stoked. We've got like 60 of the most incredible testimonies. Actually, I've got, I've got one that's coming out soon. This is going to be fun. This is actually... This one's called the, uh, thanks Chasey, this one's called Kids, Increase Kids, and this has actually got 48 testimonies of kids releasing heaven on earth. Do you know kids don't have a junior Holy Spirit? Seriously, kids do not have a, a junior Holy Spirit. Do you want to hear a fun testimony? Like, we're a normal family. We have disagreements. We have kids not making their beds we have kids not flushing the toilet we do all that we do all that and we taff and i don't enjoy cooking we're just real people but we are on this journey of like god just take us and make us the best version of ourselves. and i remember the lord said to me hey pray i was out by the swim pool hey pray that your kids prophetic gift increases and i'm like oh that's a good idea Oh, yeah, all right. So, Lord, I pray for Zeke and Jaden and Chase that their prophetic gift increases. And that was it. That was my prayer. It wasn't fasting and striving. I was actually like, Lord, do it. The next day, our elders came home, Zeke, and he'd been at school. And, he said, and just at the dinner table, table, he said, hey, the weirdest thing happened. The teacher was pulling names out of a hat. And I knew the names before they were pulled out of the hat. And I'm like... Dude, do you know what that is? That's, that's a gift of prophecy. God did that for you. And it happened three days in a row. And then my, my youngest, my youngest Chase came to me on Father's Day and said, here you go, dad. And he gave me a paper bracelet, a three-dimensional gift. And I go, what is it, bro? What is it? He goes, happy Father's Day. It's a watch, dad. It's a watch. And so I get to church that night and somebody walks up to me and gives me this red watch. And I didn't have a watch. And now I didn't put two and two together. A week later, I'm on my couch. And, um, and the Lord said to me, hey, you know um, Chase is operating in a prophetic gift, but he's not saying it, he's making it. And literally, he has made things for us. And I don't know if he knows what he's doing. He's just so close to Jesus. Just makes things, you know, hand them to us. I remember once, this is a crazy miracle that happened. We had one of our, one of our businesses, one of our areas we're responsible for was, was down, like in the, was short $200,000, okay? So Taff and I are a little bit stressed. We're like, ah, we got to meet with our team later on. And Chase walked up to us out in front of the coffee machine. It was significant that it was in front of the coffee machine. And he gave, um, gave us, he said, you two, put your hands out. And I'm like, so we put our hands out and he puts a 
a rock that had been spray painted gold in our hands. And he goes, here you go. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> this is cool. He's making things. And there'd been other things he'd made and they'd happen. So we get to work. And we're still stressed. And one of our team says, hey, why do you guys look so stressed? And we're like, well, hello, the obvious, <laughs> the, the big hole in the budget. Oh, I forgot to tell you, somebody gave $216,000 just the other day for that, for that hole. You don't have a hole anymore in that thing. And we're like... So God's, God wants us to become the best version of ourselves. Wants your kids to be the best version of themselves. If you're an older person, you should not measure yourself by what old people turn out like. If you're a middle-aged person, you should not measure yourself by what middle-aged people look like. If you're, if this is your, you're new to this church, you should not measure yourself by what new people do at a church. You. You have no idea who's hovering over you. You have no idea. We have no idea of the grace upon grace which hovers over us. The Bible says, for of his fullness you have received and grace upon grace. Grace to the power of grace. Grace that makes you better than you could ever be. Grace that makes you the most incredible 84-year-old that you've ever imagined. You know, we had, Taff and I had a, an 84-year-old come to BSSM when I was a pastor there. Her husband had died four months before she arrived. And she was lit, just hungry for God, just doing everything, taking risk. Well, she's been since, she's been to Afghanistan twice, running these encounter camps for little kids in war zones. I love what Jesus does. He hovers over us. You know, today the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said, tell them to take adventures with me. Tell the, tell the people to take adventures with me. But he said, tell them to take adventures in rest. But we were just in the UK. I was with Chuck. Chuck's my friend. I love Chuck Perry. Taff and I had the privilege of going over there with the kids and we had a ball in green England. Everything's green over in England. Um, and while we were there, this guy had painted a painting and someone showed it to him. He said, Dave, he painted a painting of someone leaning back into this waterfall. And for those people that know me, one of my greatest encounters with God came... Um, it came when I, when I was in Nicaragua, but I had this massive encounter with the Lord and I saw myself leaning back. I was actually on a toilet, believe it or not. I was leaning back. Yep, there we go. God said to me, you're most powerful when you're seated on the throne. And then yeah, it was one of those moments. I'm like, what? You cannot, you cannot say that, Lord. You are the holy one. You don't use the word throne in that regard. And... Um, and I leant back onto this toilet and this waterfall just dumped on me. And, and the, the Lord said to me, every drop, every drop of this waterfall, it shouts, it shouts your love. 
It shouts your praise. It shouts your amazing. It shouts you are greater than your, your worst mistake. You are greater than anything that you've ever done. You are greater. You are, you are my beloved. I didn't send, you know, a, a head of a fish on the end of a hook to catch you. I gave you my son. I actually sent my son to you. This is not about knocking on doors to get into heaven. This is not about kneeling west or this and praying six times a day. This is about my my son and I and the Holy Spirit want you with us in family. We want you with us close in the inner circle. Not in a church where someone like Dave can tell you about me, but like Nicole said, in your home where you can have the living God come into your living room and manifest in you, manifest on your wife, manifest on your husband, manifest on your children. He's a God who wants us in. He's a God who wants you in the inner circle, the knowing the secrets of God. Who can know the thoughts of God? Who can know the secrets of God? We can because we have the mind of Christ. Oh, that's just for some people who are anointed. Rubbish. It's so rubbish. It is for everyone, everyone who believes, everyone who wants it. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, he wants to drop a thought. If you, if you, if you, if you're dry and says people in this room and you don't even know God, you're brought by someone. God knows you. God knows you and God wants to make you the best version of yourself. He wants to completely change your life. Check this out. We, we had this discussion with a couple in a, in a, um, I was over in Portugal a week ago, I think, and and we're in this um, in the hotel, and one of my buddies, Matt, had had the Lord speak to him about this couple. Now they were a Buddhist couple, and the Lord had said the the guy had shoulder pain, and he'd asked him. The guy said yes. He said, "Can I pray for you?" And the guy instantly got healed. His shoulder got healed. I walk into this scene. Thanks, babe. I walk into this scene and. And I hear them discussing, and this girl, she's like, well, we're Buddhists. We believe every path comes to Jesus, like everything gets you there. How do you know Jesus is the only way, blah, blah, blah. And she starts this like thing of like, well, the, the Muslims, I know nice Muslims, there's great Muslims, like they, they're on the same path. And, and it was this amazing dialogue where I'm watching, I'm watching them trying to grapple with this power that had come on this shoulder and healed it. They said, we've never experienced anything like this. We've been doing Buddhism for our whole life. We've never seen anything like this. And then the Lord stirred up with me, said, Dave, just tell them stories. Tell them some testimonies about what, what I've done in your life. So I began to tell testimonies about how real God is. And how God really has come on my life at so many times, so many times. And, and it's not about me trying to get to God. The gospel is that God has come to me. The good news of joy is that God's come to us right now, right now. And there's people in this room, God's coming to you right now. I don't even know why I'm going there right now, but I'm going there right now. God wants you right now.
I met a guy recently. Um, his name's Scott. And he said, Dave, I need to tell, tell you my story. And so he told me his story. He said, I was married. I had kids. But I was living all, doing all the wrong stuff. I was sleeping around on my wife. I was cheating on my wife. I was addicted to pornography. I was taking drugs, every drug that I could take. And he said, I'd just done it. I was doing it all behind my children's back, all behind my wife's back. And he said, I got to this point where I was dead. In my heart, I was dead. In my heart, I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to keep my, my head above the water. And I'm dying and I'm dying. And my heart is, is just there. And he said, I would lie in bed and I'd sob as a 40-year-old man. I would sob. I just sobbed because I had no hope. And he said, my little boy, he went, to, his grandma took him to church. And at church, this lady told my little boy that if you pray to Jesus, Jesus can do the impossible. So my little boy walks into my room. He said, one night I'm sobbing. Actually, it was in the middle of the day. He said, the curtains are drawn, the room's dark. My little boy walks in straight after Sunday school and says, hey, daddy, Guess what? If you pray to Jesus, he can do the impossible. Immediately, the Holy Spirit reminds this man of when he was a kid. His father had left him at the age of four, left the home, and it hurt him. It hurt him real deep. So his mom, trying to make the best of a bad situation, bought him rabbits. Said, here, son, here's some rabbits. These will do. The rabbits bred as rabbits do. And one of the babies that was born had no eyes. So he's remembering this while he's sitting in there. And then, and then in that memory, he remembered, he said to his mom, mom, it just devastated him. You know, this was supposed to bring him joy. His dad had left. Now he's got a deformed bunny rabbit. Mom, why is all this bad stuff happening? And his mom said to him, well, son, if you pray to Jesus, Jesus can do the impossible. This was like 20-something years earlier. So as a kid, he said, I prayed, Jesus, will you fix my bunny? The next morning, he woke up and his bunny had two eyeballs in its head. He said he remembers this. He'd forgotten. He'd forgotten the God that's alive. He'd forgotten about the God that was real. He got sucked up into the whole system of this this world that's just separate, just separate. That's the only thing. They're not bad people. They're just separate from the goodness of God. And, he, and so he gets this moment. He says, Jesus, while he's crying, he's like, could you do that to me? Could you, could you do what you did to the bunny to me? Anyway, that night, peace just comes on him. Dramatic peace. And he said, he said the next morning he woke up and the Holy Spirit said to him, hey, you need to tell your wife what you've been doing. Now, he didn't know the Holy Spirit. He just had this thought, you've got to tell your wife what's, what's been happening. So he tells his wife, everything hits the fan. He has to go stay at his mum's. And he said, Dave, over the next weeks and months, all I had was Jesus. All I had was Jesus, but he began to rebuild me as a person. He began to deliver me. He said, I was completely delivered that night of addiction to pornography and drugs. Completely free. He said, I had no desire, no, no need for it. But then I had all this emotional baggage, all this 
broken relationships, all this stuff that the Holy Spirit just began to, just from being with him, like Nicole said, just in my room, just being with him, he began to wash me and wash me and wash me. And he said it got to the point I was able to spend some time with my kids, but I'd have to hand them back to my wife. And he said, I remember one day I was over at my wife's and my wife was like, what is different about you? Like, what has happened in you? Who... What is going on? Tell me about this Jesus. Because his wife wasn't saved. And he's like, he just began to share the testimony of this real Jesus. This real, it's not religion. He's real and he's so alive. And he, and he just shared with her, this is what he did. He set me free. Like, I don't need drugs anymore. I don't need any of this stuff. And he's actually given me confidence. I can be the man I didn't think I ever was. And he starts to tell him, she goes, will you pray for me right now? I want Jesus. So he prays for her. His wife encounters the living Jesus. And she, she gets saved. Fast forward. They just come to BSSM. They've just come up. They're doing second year. They just did second year. And check this out. This is cool. Their kids, he bought their kids bunny rabbits because it must be what their family does. And the bunny rabbits mated and one of the bunnies had a caved in head. I don't know, it just had no skull or something. And he said, so our kids know the testimony of the bunny rabbit. And so we said, well, you know what to do. And the kids prayed for the little bunny rabbit. The next morning, the skull was back in this kid's head, in this bunny rabbit's head. Isn't God good? I've gone completely off of my notes right now. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Let's open up a Bible. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. I, want to, I really want to talk to you about rest. <laughs> you don't have to strive to get to God. You don't have to strive to get to God. You don't have to strive to become the best version of yourself. You do have to take adventures. You do have to take risk. But you do not have to strive. You do not have to squeeze it. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, it says this. For, this. for thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, in repentance and rest. Everyone say repentance and rest. You will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. Repentance and rest. The other day we were at H&M. This is a funny testimony. Another testimony. Testimony of the spirit of stupid. Came on Dave Harvey. My wife was happily shopping down the bottom. And I just had this thought. She could see it in my eyes once. And then I looked at her and went, I won't do it now. And then she was shopping and I thought, I'm going to try it with the boys. And I decided to try and run up the side of the escalators which are coming the wrong way. Has anyone else tried to do that or is it just me? Oh, good. So the spirit of stupids come on a bunch of us. 
And my boys are like, Dad, go, Dad, go. And I'm running up this thing and I get right to the top. And, um, and I had a bunch of clothes in my hand. And I, my, my flip-flop clipped the top. And I just did the most almighty crash. Blood coming out of my toe, blood on my hand. I'm a mess. Anyway, blood all over these clothes that I'm buying. I'm like, great, this is awesome. Life, life for so many people is a lot like that. You're trying to force your way up to God. You're trying to force something. You're trying to squeeze something out. You're trying to get up escalators and you're always going to trip. I want to guarantee you, you're not going to be able to get to heaven and go, I made it. I made it. That's not the way it works. But we've got to get on the escalator of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 55, 2 says this, Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Everyone say good. And delight yourself in abundance. Everyone say abundance. Do you know, do you know that word abundance? It actually, it refers back to Jesus Christ. We cannot get away from Jesus Christ. And do you know what the Bible says? It says that in Romans 11 that some of us, but if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became a partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. There is, a gr- there is good news for every family right now. Doesn't matter how poor you are, how, how much from check to check you're living. There is good news for every business person right now. Good news for everyone in this room that's addicted to, to anything that's destroying your life. There is good news. You can actually be grafted into Christ. You can actually be taken out from a dead place and stuck into the root. He actually calls himself the root of fatness. It means Aged wine, choice wine, the best wine. It means fat steak, wagyu beef, whatever. I don't know what your beef is, but he, but Jesus is not a coal. Uh, what is a what's a supermarket here? I just went blank. I just said Australian supermarket. What? Ralph's. It's not a Ralph steak that's been hammered and put through those machines so it's like paper thin. Jesus is the root of fatness. And you're grafted into him. You're shoved into him by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. But he can do it. And it's easy. You can't make your marriage supernatural, but he can. You can't make your kids supernatural, but he can. Isaiah 25 says this, the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet. Everyone say a lavish banquet. Oh man, for I cannot wait. I just drink of this. Oh, for all peoples on his mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pencils with marrow and rained aged wine. A lot of wine in the kingdom. Psalm 23 says that you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. It's not a, a, you know, a kid's birthday table with a plastic cloth and a, 
a Costco cake. It's actually a banquet table. It is the banquet. I don't know if you've ever, I've had the privilege of hanging out with some people who would be called kings in our society. And the way they eat and how they eat is just like quite scary, actually. Um, but that's, that's who's wanting to come on every person here. Gosh, there's so much to tell you in no time. Here's what I want to leave us with. I've had in the last, I look for patterns of God. I'm fascinated by, by him moving. I'm fascinated when I see testimonies happening in a chain reaction because I see a move of God. I actually start to see, oh, he's running. He's doing something. We had the, we launched the testimony app. It's called Increase. You can download it if you want. Um, but the vision of Increase is to celebrate the goodness of God so that it happens again. And God is doing some crazy stuff with that thing right now. But we started it with car testimonies. Because I saw two women get given $10,000 from a dream. Their, their family members and friends had dreams after their cars had broken down. So both girls, their cars broke down. Two days later, someone related to them or a friend had a dream. And God told them in the dream, give those girls $10,000 for a new car. Both girls got new, they stepped into new cars. I think Honda Pilots is what the Lord likes to give away. And um, so we started releasing that. We started just celebrating that. God's given away cars. So we started to just tell that story and say, God's given away cars. The next week after telling that, someone was given a BMW and money for gas. They found money. They handed it in. They got it back. And then someone else was given another Honda Pilot. Someone knocked on their door and handed them keys to a Honda Pilot. And so then we just kept celebrating and it happened again and again. And then, and then it was so funny. It was like, it was like people started to get offended because we were celebrating God giving away cars. Now I know no one in here is offended at this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. People were offended at the goodness of God. What about the missionaries? The missionaries are doing it tough. You're preaching a prosperity gospel. You're going after prosperity. That's not God. God's, what about the missionaries? And next thing, missionaries started posting about how God was giving them cars. They, there was a, a one missionary group got given a 12-seater van, a Mercedes-Benz one. Another girl in a remote, closed country, She'd been praying for a car that was an automatic transmission. And she posted and said, this is crazy. We don't have these cars in our country. And God gave me an automatic transmission car in my country. And God starts breaking out. We would kept celebrating it. And within two, two hours, one of my friend's wives, she's sitting there. They have a great car, but she wanted an upgrade. She wanted a, a, a Honda Pilot again. She wanted a, a 2018 Honda Pilot. She... Two hours after she heard the testimony of those women, someone calls her and says, hey, I want to give you my 2018 Honda Pilot. I don't know why I just released cars just then. If you need a car, I want you to stand up right now. 
If you want to, if you want an upgrade in your car, I want to release an upgrade in your car right now. I don't know why we're doing cars, Lord. We just got back from the UK. Check this out. A mother, their, their van was breaking down. The mother had said, oh, I'll just believe God for a normal car. And the Lord said to her, why don't you believe me for your dream car? And she's like, oh, that's a good idea. So they, they did some research and the car they wanted, their dream car was 30,000 pounds. So fast forward, we, we were just there and I think it was the few days before we got there, they were taken out to dinner and someone sat at dinner and wrote them a 30,000 pound check for a new car. So just put your hands out in front of you. You don't have to squeeze. You don't have to shake. You don't have to do anything. You, of his fullness, we have received and grace upon grace. Father, you're so good. I pray right now that in rest and out of the fatness of the root of Christ Jesus, out of the root that they are grafted into right now, let cars spring up. Let cars spring up all over the room. Upgrades in cars, not dodgy cars. We pray for great cars, beautiful cars, dream cars. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I think parents have to get kids, don't they? The Lord's been really on me about rest. And we're gonna, I want to I wanna leave this with you guys. We're going to do a bit of an activation. Are you okay with this? Um, rest. We had five testimonies come in of just people resting and miracles happen. Like beautiful testimonies. One of, one of, my, um, one of my interns. This is, it's just a small one, but I love... I love it because it shows us how beautiful God is. He's a salesman. He just moved away from Bethel, been, you know, in the Bethel bubble for years and freaked out about leaving, goes back to his state in America. And he's texting me constantly. Can you pray for me? He's selling roofs or something. And, um, and so I'd pray for him and he'd, he'd get a sale and he'd just keep texting me, keep praying. And he's just getting these sales. And it was a really cool thing just seeing the Lord give him sale after sale. But one day... After I started seeing these testimonies of rest, people resting and miracles happening, people lying on their back, lying under the waterfall of God's love and miracles happening, um, he texts and goes, Dave, I just want you to help me out here. I need you to pray. I need one more sale and then I'm the top sales manager in the whole company and, and if I get that, I get a bonus and everything, but it's my day off tomorrow and I don't want to work. I want to have a day off. But I know God's so good, he can do things while I rest. So I said, do it. Dude, there's so many testimonies coming in of rest. Just do it. I'll pray with you. So we prayed. And check this out. On his day off, his boss has someone contact him and say, I want to buy the roof. And the boss contacts my, my ex-intern and says, 
hey, you're such a good salesman. Someone came to me and wants to buy a roof. I'm going to do all the paperwork, but I'm going to accredit it to you. You will be, you will get the sale in your account. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.